Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
feel like everybody's morning voice was so somber. And then I come in and I'm like, hey guys, what's up? So get ready for some joy, but get ready for some sharpening this morning. Uh, I, several months ago, had the joy of coming in here and birthing, I called it birthing a baby when I released my first solo uh, published book. And Glenn asked me, how did I feel that morning? And I was in my mind, just really excited. And when he asked that, I realized that I just had a flood of emotions, got super, um, you know, sad, was crying (laughs) more so about the fact that I felt like I was releasing this thing to the world that they were going to be able to judge, they were going to be able to pick apart. And yet at the same time, knowing throughout the years of writing it and the years of self-development associated to it and my faith connected to it, that it was not a book that was meant to be about me, um, that it was a book to release other people from similar things that I had walked through. And so um, we're super excited as a team to be releasing this into the world yet again as a free version, shipping only. Um, So if you want to snag that, you will get to hear the backstory to what I want to share today around the conversation of conviction. Um, and it was cool when it launched that day in support of this room. Thank you so much. It hit bestseller in a bunch of different categories. I even outbeat Matthew McConaughey in a couple categories, which was pretty fun, but his book is so good. You've got to get his book and listen to it on audible. If you like a theater, a theatrical experience. Um, but today really is about your story connected to this idea of conviction. And what does that look like for you? And so I want to know, just by flashing of the mic, how many of you would agree with this statement? Confidence is a key component to wholehearted success. Confidence is a key component to wholehearted success. See the top of the stage? Oh, there's the bottom. All right. I see you guys. All right. Drop this in the chat. Confidence, yes. Confidence, yes. If you're chatting with us and you're not on stage and I can't see your flashing mic, if you believe that confidence is a key component to wholehearted success. Now, there's a lot of layers to that statement, and so I want to be able to break it down, and then we're going to parallel it to today's topic of conversation. But the first is that it's a key. It's not the key. It's not the only thing. And there are tons of gurus who might tell you otherwise, uh, especially confidence coaches or people who are speaking from stage in this regard. And I do believe it engulfs a lot of things that will get you into that space, but it's not the only thing. Confidence gives clarity, and it also gives you righteous authority when it is developed with humility, obviously outside of ego. The next part of that statement was the component of wholehearted. Now, I don't know that we put these words together, wholehearted success. Usually it's just, what is success? Are you successful? You are really self-critiquing in that realm, knowing that there's different conversations and there are different definitions of what success is, fully aware of this. But the wholehearted success I believe is stemmed from confidence. It's when it's developed, like I said, outside of the ego and you've done the heart work instead of just the head work. Now, this is a space with Breakfast with Champions. We, we speak a ton about mindset and I think mindset is critical. We know that that can be a space of the battlefield and a space that the enemy can control and a space that we have actually released to the world. Um, based on what we're fueling ourselves with, what's going in our ears, in our eyes, even our scent and what we're tasting, all of these different components are actually inhibiting us from being in a state of wholehearted awareness, right? We're in a space of fog. We're in a state of inundation. We're in a state of war. And I say that with 
all heart and empathy and sympathy towards what is going on right now in our world. But it's this understanding that the heart is where we have to do the shift. These are the building blocks for your belief, which is associated to your confidence, which is in line with your true identity. And then the last part of this statement is success. Confidence is a key component to wholehearted success. Success, right, depends on the lens. It depends on what you're aiming for. I've spoken before about this, and it's actually in one of the other pieces I've published um, with the Female Entrepreneur Playbook, which was co-authored by some beautiful women uh, that are a part of this group. Patricia Wooster helped publish that one. She's a go-to guru when it comes to publishing, so be sure to utilize her in that space. We've got lots of those in here. But I spoke about this concept of the ikigai, which is the Japanese phraseology of your reason for being. It is the center of your passion, your mission, your profession, and your vocation. Now, we're talking about confidence and conviction today, so I'm not going to go into the definitions of the difference between mission and passion and vocation, but I highly recommend you check that out, ikigai. If somebody's in the chat and they know how to spell it, can you give it out to the clan so everybody knows what to look for? It is an incredible tool that I actually use in my coaching program all the time um, as a first engagement experience to find out where the person's head and heart is. How are they feeling associated to where they want to go? I believe the center space of that chart is ultimately purpose and connected to the Great Commission, which we know is the ultimate call for every single one of us. And so if we are making disciples of nation, if you're shedding light and love, as uh, Dr. Sean just spoke to, on a consistent basis, you are acting in goodwill and you are acting righteously and confidence is being stemmed from heart instead of head instead of ego. It's honestly the reason that you breathe. And so knowing this and identifying what success means to you in this correlation helps you establish a full picture of confidence. It helps you love. It helps you project. It helps you serve on an entirely new level. I spoke about wealth last week when we were still in the month of wealth. And now as we're shifting into the month of faith, I feel like it's really interesting. And I'm, I don't know how intentional it was or if it was just a hot topic at the time, but that wealth became the conversation before the conversation of faith. And I think it's because society often does the same thing in knowing that it's the money conversation. And when we spoke about wealth, we spoke about how it has really nothing to do with the riches of the world because that can't go with you to the next life. That can't go with you to heaven. But I don't want us to confuse wealth and success because that's the world's definition. And literally, biblically, we are called to be a peculiar people. And peculiar people associated to confidence, ah, like that's everybody calling us weird. Like that's everybody calling us strange or odd or unusual. And that doesn't feel like the general population of wanting to fit in. Right. We were always trying to be in the cool crowd. Maybe Breakfast with Champions is the cool kid club. We invite everyone to the table. The cliques even say everyone's welcome. The girl clan in elementary school is like no boys allowed, though. Right. And so we were trying so desperately to stick in, to be in the middle when we're actually called and propelled and encouraged to press out. And when I was able to release that book, it felt like what was on the inside of me was actually out now. And I think that that's why there's such power in sharing your testimony because it truly makes you lay ego down. And confidence 
associated to your truest identity, who you are called, becomes the priority. And that's the projection point. That's the beautiful part of the people in this room who get vulnerable enough after they've gone through the healing to be able to share. And so we connect to confidence, which you know is a hot topic. People talk about confidence all the time. So we talk about mindset at the beginning. We talk about confidence associated to that. But there's so much more because it's connected to the key element of the heart set, the whole heartedness, going back to that original statement and question, dissecting what does that truly mean? It actually eliminates you from being in that high, low, high, low, from being in that state of imposter syndrome, from running the rat race, from being in the comparison trap, from being in the perfectionism lens. It gets you out of discrediting yourself, even in the selfish conversation of self-love like we were just talking about. It gets you out of undervaluing who you are, all of which can be associated back to success depending on how you decide to stand out or stand in. So yesterday when I read today's topic, I, I didn't know what I was gonna speak about. I usually don't, I go to sleep on it. And in my like lucid hours of dreaming where you're like halfway awake and halfway asleep, I, I speak to God. I, I kind of just reach out and I'm like, what would you have me speak about? What would you have me say? But right when I saw that message, he already responded and I just smiled because I've said this. And if you listen to my podcast, the Fit and Faith podcast, I say this all the time, that I come with a desire for conviction, marching with conviction. I think this is peculiar. I think this is really odd. I don't think people go out into the world every single day and say, God, what can I be convicted of today? Because conviction doesn't feel good. Honestly, every time I've been convicted of something, something's been taken away from me. Something that the world has presented to me and I used either as a crutch, as a feel good expression, as a release. I thought that it, some of these things were safe. I thought some of these things, because they're societally normal, that it was good for me even. And most of the convictions of my life, and I'll get into sharing them a bit in a little while, you can also get the hardy details in the book, as I mentioned earlier. They were things that were comfort zones for me. They were things that I thought were okay. And so to have this strange desire to show up to life every day and how I can be convicted doesn't mean that I always get it right. And it surely doesn't mean that I always let it go. I'm now singing to the tune of Elsa, and I won't do that to you, but let it go. I mean, come on. She makes it sound so freeing and it's so difficult. It's probably why she says it 10,000 times because she really, really wants to get it into our spirit. And so I've just gone into conversations one at a time and I've realized that the conversations and while we talk about two ears and one mouth, it's actually not even really about our mouth or our ears exchanging at all. It's not a listening and a talk. It's not a talk and a listen. It's a giving and receiving. And the receiving part comes often with conviction if you're listening with a spirit open to being sharpened. I'm gonna say that again. It's not listening and talking. It's not talking and listening. It's giving and receiving. And the receiving part is only activated when your spirit is open to the sharpening. 
So I show up with palms open in the effort of asking, what do I need to be convicted of today? Do you think you could do this today as you go into your day, just palms open, not in greed, not in expectancy. My word for the year is release. It probably because it was another thing of like, I'm being convicted of certain things and I'm not fully releasing because releasing is hard and releasing is counter culture. The white flag in an argument with your spouse or your friend or your coworker or your boss or your children, nobody wants to release. They all want to hold on to ego. They don't wanna be convicted. They wanna stand in the egotistical side of confidence, even though their gut instinct is to do the antithesis. When do you do what you do based on your desire for success? If you want success, wholehearted success, conviction, is associated to confidence, which is associated to your growth. It's your becoming story. I'm gonna read something and then I have a fun surprise for you all. This is from Hebrews. And so if you've never picked up a Bible, I would love for you to DM me. I would love to send you one connected to the- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Book, it'll be in the package completely free on me if you would like a Bible, if you've never opened the Bible before. Now, if you've opened the Bible and you're sending me a DM, then you should be convicted that that's not being honest. Okay, so let's get with the program, people. (laughs) But I would love to send you one. I have been um, reading out of uh, the New Kings James Version and the New International Version, but there's been a lot of message versions that have been given to me lately, so I have to buy my own anyway. Um, But this is NIV, and it says in Hebrews 10, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You will need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive that which is promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And by my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Think of the men and the women and the children who are praying in Ukraine right now, not shrinking back by faith. They are saved and they're standing in prayer. And I have the utmost honor of introducing you right now to someone who I've sat in many, many conversations with, many conversations in which I was convicted and I believe I've been able to also give those those opportunities for him And this is the beautiful thing about sharpening with people when they're truly an iron sword and you know that they're safe and they're not gonna cut you, but instead just sharpen you and send you out with more fierce strength, with more confidence. You need to surround yourself with people like this because even if you're broken, even if you're lost, even if you don't feel like you're in a state of success, 
you still have a sword, my friend. You are a fighter. It's why you still have breath. And so this person's going to come in and then whatever is laid on his heart, I'm sure it's going to provide just some energy to you. But he was actually on the second episode of the Fit and Faith podcast. He will also be gracing the stage of the Grow for God conference. If you haven't heard about it, it's uh, pretty much all BWC people there and lots more from different communities of speakers and teachers who will come with an air of confidence not associated to ego, but they will come with confidence associated to the rock, the solid one, and the sharpened sword in which they carry. He's a Chuck-wearing, bearded pastor. He's a teacher. He's a retired Navy veteran. He's a comedian. He's a husband to my best friend. He is a father, and he's a spiritual guide to me in many, many ways. He is one of my favorite iron swords, and because he sharpens human souls, he's a soul sharpener, and he co-labors with Christ, which makes that job really beautifully easy on him. Anthony Hart, brother. How you feeling this morning? It's early. I was fixing to say it. Five thirty. <laughs> I feel a little uh, groggy, but I'm here. I swore four years ago after the Navy I would never be up this early. But when Tamara says, "Man, I would love to have you with me," I said, "Okay, if you say it, I'll be up." So it's good to be with y'all this morning. And T, you're talking about some good stuff this morning with conviction, which always seems to be such a negative word. A negative or conviction. We we preach that from in church all the time. Conviction is such a negative thing. It's it's a drawing out of this of who you're not supposed to be. But what if we saw the fullness of what conviction is? Because what happens when conviction occurs, and it is the Holy Spirit that this thing inside you says, you know what, that's not good. You should be doing something different. So it is this recognition of there's a better version of me. But that's the other side of conviction is once you realize that's not what you're supposed to be and you walk into who you are, now you have a conviction of who you are, not who you were. And as you were talking this morning, I, this is something that's never really occurred to me. We always talk about conviction as just the drawing out. But I believe conviction is not so much it is. It's the drawing out, but is just in the, as importantly the drawing in to a better perception of you, which brings that confidence. Once you are convicted on who you are, there's a conviction that, you know, we talk about passion a lot, but it can be the same word, conviction, can be used in that same regard. Man, that person's got a conviction. A true conviction is when you walk out of what you were and the brokenness and all of that, and you step into who you've been made to be, that purpose being, there is such a confidence in that conviction. And I just began to think about that today. You know, in Hebrews, you talked about, but if you skip back to chapter 10, it's the same way. He says in verse, four, uh, excuse me, 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places, like there's a confidence. And then you skip down and it talks about us. Let us draw near to the true heart of God and start urging others to do good things. Like, let us consider how to stir up one another to have to love and have good works. So I think today, all of us in this room, we have a, a mandate on us to make those around us better, to stir up those. So that conviction in us not only drives us to be better, 
but it begins to get our words positioned and our actions positioned to drive other people to do the same thing. Not push them down, not reject them, but to drive them to something better. I Just think some that's thoughts, brilliant. Steve. No, I think it's brilliant. I think as you're talking about the pouring in, right? It's like when something is released, when you have to let go of something that was a part of your identity, there is this open space. And when it's connected to God, he wants to fill you back in. He's not going to leave you lifeless. He's not going to leave you less than. He's always going to replenish with more. And I think that that's so true. And it's also the knowing that like, as you become more, which is, you know, the concept of becoming that we've never made it. Anthony and I aren't anywhere but here in this present moment with the hope and the expectation that somehow today we're going to find another way to be sharpened. But the things that we've let go of per se, the things that are of our past, they are things that actually allow us to be leaders for other people in those spaces that they then are stuck in. It actually creates like this massive opportunity for love and empathy when you are okay with being convicted because your confidence rests not in your past. It actually rests in your future. And that's what faith is. Faith is the mustard seed of faith towards what's ahead. And so as you release in that faith that God's going to restore, I have never been disappointed by him. I think through, Anthony, some of the times that we've convicted one another when you and your, your wife got to stay with us for a month and you were like, I will never eat salad every day. I'm not a rabbit. And we got to just example to him how what you might think of as like a Subway salad is actually way better when you put food on it and deliciousness on it and the exposure that then shifted the entire landscape of the way that you guys ate that then fed and fueled your children. Like that's a simple conviction maybe, but think about how powerful your health is associated to your confidence. It's all you brother. Well, I was going to say it's so true. And the only way I was able to get to that place with you and G is because I trusted you. And I think that's, you know, that's how we have to be with understanding God and what he wants for us. And our creator is we have to trust him that what he's, what he knows about us is the best version of us. So when we moved in with you. Oh, I trusted y'all. And it was, there was things that I began to eat that I'd never eaten before but I trusted you guys to position me in that place to find the best version of that. And when I, I think that's where that confidence comes back, that conviction too many times conviction is just this, the process of becoming convinced. And the problem is we get to these places in life and we have convinced ourselves. So it's, it's surrounding yourself with people you trust so they can begin to convince you of other things. You have to be very careful. You know, there's, there's all a whole lot of these self helps. Um, but you got to find the right place. You got to run the, the right place to eat from the right pool to drink from, because you will be a result of that. And that's why, you know, most important, but most importantly down to it, our creator knows us best. If we're going to have anybody convince us, that's the one I want to start. But then you start being very discerning on who you put in your corner. This room has a lot of great individuals that, uh, that I've had the opportunity since last year to meet and can't wait till the next grow your business for God, or grow for God conference. So we can uh, do it again on stage in the crowds around a table at dinner, all of that. But when you begin to discern the right people in your right corner, 
that conviction just becomes better and better because you're constantly convinced of something better every day. You're moving towards a goal. You're, you're constantly growing. And I, that's the exciting part. I recently began to th break down the, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is this. Knowledge is the arriving of a place, knowing something. It's very, it has a very finality to it. It's, I want to know this, so I learned it. But then you get there, and it's like, okay, I know that. It's done. Wisdom is taking that and putting it in action, like living it. If you get back to the Jewish word of knowledge, it was the Jewish word of knowledge is da'ath which sounds very similar to death, right? It's death is very final, but it has a root word of yada, which is to know, which is a verb. So knowledge is a noun, what I have. Yada, to know, is a verb. So if you even think about that now, yah, the very beginning of that root word, that root word is Yahweh. So what I think many of us find conviction is a process. It's not an arrival moment. It's not a, a finale of well, this is who I am. I think if we really get to it, it is a place in our, from, from breath to death, it is a place of growing closer and towards this bigger, better you, this shaving off of the things that life has done to you, the release of shame and disappointment, the release of man, I just don't know if I can do this, and surrounding yourself with the right people, and this place of to know, of, of striving to grow every day, to leaning in to the right voices and the right places, and listening to God that he wants to keep growing you and growing you and growing, and never have you a place to arrive at convicted, but to be living a life of conviction. Mm, that's so good, and that is that understanding of people taking witness to the wisdom that you have cultivated that has been cultivated within you and it just being a leading by example experience that then when someone asks you a question or somebody's watching you from afar it just is it's naturally organically flowing out of you versus knowledge which like oh let me remember this right you have to like kind of attain it you have to focus on it but wisdom is just something that you breathe uh and i think that there's so much power in the statement that you said the process of becoming convinced is this idea of conviction the, the church will put this word sanctification on it right and sanctification is that still that process of becoming a sanctification happens when you get convicted and the word and the existence of what happens between conviction and sanctification which is becoming more clean which is becoming more christ-like is obedience obedience another word that feels really hard it feels like friction when people say that they're like oh i don't want to obey my parents i don't want to obey my spouse right i don't want to obey god because it is hard there is nothing about my faith that when i became a christian and, and god was convicting me of all of these different pieces and puzzles of my life things like music things like people things like materialism alcohol even genres of food that I was eating, mindless TV. These are just some of the things that I was releasing and have been fully convicted of. It's this knowing that God was like, yes, in your obedience, you will become more like me and your life will have more fruit. That's not even for you. It's for everyone you're connected to. And that's the great commission. And it's laying down your life. That's what his son did for us. 
And so when we talk about faith, when we talk about marching with conviction, it's an air, it's an authority, it's a confidence, it's being sold out. I don't have to sell you anything. I don't have to sell you this conference. I don't have to sell you a book. I just get to exist in the confidence and authority that God has given me towards the fact that I know because I know him that you can be healed, that you can be saved, that you can live a life of success and wholehearted success based on that experience and that exchange. We've got one minute, Anthony, give us some fire. I was just gonna say, I was sitting here thinking that there's somebody in this room right now that has been told that God is this angry guy that just wants to tell you how wrong you are and tell you you need to change your ways. But realistically, he is a heavenly father who created you with purpose. And the Bible is not a book that tells you how wrong you are. It invites you to being the best version of you possible. So don't listen to people who want to yell at you and scream at you and tell you all the things that are wrong about yourself. Listen to that still small voice that's drawing you to a better version of yourself. Listening to voices like Tamara who said, you know what? Yeah, I struggled in those places and I thought it was good. But the moment I got around people who challenged me to be better, I realized that was not who I was made to be. And I realized there was hurt attached to it and I had to let it go. If that's you today, stop listening to the noise and start listening to that voice that truly loves you, cares for you, and will do anything to invite you back into that space of relationship. That's all I got. Love you, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.